0: Proverbs chapter 29 and uh, verse 18 is where we're going to start tonight. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Where there is no revelation or vision, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. A plan and a purpose from God is is something that will change every person's life it's funny so much of our world today seems like it's unscripted things come up and just from the news reports you never know when you turn on the news what new event will be taking place will there be a new attack that showed up someplace will somebody have been crazy and gone into a school and done something foolish it reminds us that we have to pray the word of god every single day And so as this starts out, as this is being written, it says where there is no revelation or where there's no vision, the people cast off restraints. When people find God, they begin to put him first in their life. That's what you did when you came to Christ, didn't you? Amen. You put the Lord first. You wanted to find his plan, his direction for you. But our world without God doesn't have any kind of plan like that. Now it's interesting, Uh, the other day, I guess it was yesterday, uh, Megan was doing her program at the school she teaches at. And they had a broke down, kindergarten, first grade, they were doing one part, and then later on the next grades would be going together. And as we were sitting, the gym was filled, there was 400 chairs set up and the place was just packed. And so she's up front, she's leading, the kids are singing away, and I was amazed as I would watch adults that would be coming in late that would walk right in front of her and the children to go look for seats over here. And, and one guy, people were all in the front row taking pictures, you know, as everybody does with the little kids, taking the pictures. And some guy just comes walking across and walks in front of these people taking pictures and squeezes behind Megan to go way over to the other side. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, Have you never been out in public? But you know what hit me later on is we have a generation of people that have not gone to church. You know, if if kids go to church, they learn a certain way to act when they're in church around other people, certain things that you do that when you're in public like that. And and for the most part, the parents all behaved pretty good. Meg started out by saying to them all, listen, turn off your cell phones or at least turn the ringer off. And I didn't hear any phones go off at that moment. Wait a minute, let me make sure that mine's off so God doesn't call during the service here. All right. The fact is... Our world doesn't know how to conduct themselves in many different ways. And why should they know how to conduct themselves spiritually if they've never had an encounter with Christ? When God comes into your life, he changes your plans. So that means we've got a huge job in front of us to take the gospel into our world. To make sure that when we're around other folks, we let them know the Lord has a priority here. I seek God for direction every day. You can use it in your testimony. You can use it in just conversations that go on or when people start talking about all the fear that they have. Listen, you have a perfect opportunity to say, you know what? I've been tempted to be in fear, but I've chosen to be in faith because I know that my salvation is in the Lord. Hallelujah. That's our strength. That's our power. That's a part of our lives. And this vision comes to us, and it comes in such a way that it begins to give us hope for the future. Where you've not had a plan, now you have a plan. And when you have that plan, you begin to work the plan. You begin to make it a part of your life. Now, a person that doesn't have a plan, they can seem pretty lost they can seem very unstable, how the word talks about being double-minded, that they can be up one minute and down the next and back and forth and back and forth. Well, let's jump over to the New Testament to the book of Matthew chapter 10. See, sometimes in temptation, people find themselves getting critical of everybody who isn't saved. But the truth is, we have a job to love them. How are they going to know about Jesus if we are not there to show them? Now, that also gives an accountability to us to be able to put God first in everything that we do. And in Matthew chapter 10, let's uh, start here at verse 16 through 19. Jesus is talking here, starting at verse 16. He says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as as doves but beware of men for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the gentiles but when they deliver you up do not worry about how or what you should speak for it will be given to you in the hour, what you should speak. Man, I'm thankful and praise God for his Holy Spirit. Don't you? Hallelujah. See, the cool part is when you have the Spirit of God living in you, he wants to flow through you. He's not there just to be the abiding presence of God, but he wants to flow out of you. So that when we read in Scripture how it talks in the day of Pentecost, how they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, we look back in the Greek there and we see how that word being filled is not just a one-time experience, but it's a constant in filling. So that as stuff from the things of God's knowledge begins to flow into you and flow out of you through your words and your actions, you've got a new flow coming all the way through. You will not run out when you're tapped into God. Hallelujah. You'll not run out. And you've got to know that if you are in a situation you don't know how to deal with it or what to do, just be praying to yourself, praying in there. You may not be able to answer them right at first, but while you're sitting there or standing there in that situation, just be praying right under your breath. Now, have you prayed in the spirit in your head? You, You weren't able to speak out loud. You were in a situation where there couldn't be any other noise. And so in your brain, you're going into the things of the Spirit, and all of a sudden, these words in tongues start to go through your brain. It's not coming out your lips, but you're praying the mysteries of God. I'm telling you, when you are tapped into the things of heaven, it's just like that spring of everlasting life. It flows in, and it flows out, and it's a constant flow that's in. I want everything that God has. If you do tonight, would you say that with me? I want everything God has. One more time. I I want everything God has. These words speak to us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Glory to God. Now, know that there's some persecution that's out there. We don't have a lot of it right now here with me, but there are things that are coming up, things that are showing up that may look like there's an attack against the body of Christ. We are not to be surprised by that, but we are to know that we stand our ground in faith. Hallelujah. Even when Paul faced some of the persecution that he did, as it would come against him, he knew he had a vision. God had said to him, You're going to go to Rome. You're going to go to Rome. You're going to preach in Rome. And in the midst of everything that was happening, while he was on the ship, the shipwreck that took place, all the other things that were going on, please know this, in life there are lots of details that happen every day. But when you have a vision from God, you stay true to the vision. What's our first vision from the Lord? He is my heavenly Father, and I am his child. Hallelujah. When you were a kid, did you ever have something that came up that was unsettling and when you got home, you just felt safe because you walked in the house and your mom and your dad were there? Or maybe something happened and grandparents were around and uh, even maybe when you were a small child and storms would come up. Storms would come up and you just knew that you were safe because they were there. When you have that revelation, when you have that understanding that you have this heavenly father who loves being with you, talk about security. Hallelujah. You are secure in Christ. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Now, the Bible gives us victory. It gives us a plan. It gives us a vision for giving that victory into every part of our life. And yet, sometimes... There can be lots of areas of our life that are under attack. You that have children, you know that no matter how old your children get, they are still your kids. And you pray for them because they're on your heart. You have other family members that are out there. You pray for them because they're on your heart. You have neighbors that you know don't know Christ. Pray for them because they're on your heart. We will always have a place of prayer in each of us that is calling out to want to bring salvation, hope, and love to people that are all around us. Know this, the the longer you're a a Christian, the longer you're in the Word of God, (laughs) the longer your prayer list gets. (laughs) You know, it's thank God for the victories, amen. But thank God that there's someone who's interceding and praying. Hallelujah. Uh, When I first came to Christ when I was 11 years old, meetings that were going on, special things were taking place. People had been gathering together several months in advance of those meetings, praying for lives to be changed and people to be born again. Prayer is never a waste of time. Amen? It never is. It changes things in the spirit realm. It opens it up so that a change and the gospel can come to every one of us. Now, I'd love to be able to hear testimonies from each of you that you go into this Christmas season and the people in your family that aren't born again, they're just going to come to you and say, what must I do? (laughs) Now, after you fall over and get back up when they say that to you, you know, and and you say, wow, it's really happening, huh? Well, why not? The Christmas season, truly for us as believers, is lifting up the name of Jesus and loving on the people that are around us. And and I know other people, they get together and it's just a wrapping paper pandemonium that goes on. And there's nothing wrong with giving gifts to each other and sharing that time together. But taking that time, even at the meal, to say, can I pray? Can I be the one to pray? Or maybe in your family you've already got somebody who's a believer and they always do that time of prayer. You'd be praying about it ahead of time. We've got, what, uh, a week, eight days before Christmas Eve, nine days before Christmas? You've got plenty of time to pray. Start prepping your family. Start being prepared and ready for what's going to come because you know your family. You know that one, that when you get around him, he's always got some real corny jokes. Or he always smokes that cigar before he comes in the house you don't have an uncle like that maybe it's your aunt who smokes that cigar before she comes in the fact is we know our families so do some prep work start praying about that if there's something they really like do some homework on it it's like with brad brad's up in the sound room right now and and you know it was so easy for me to talk with him and say something this evening about how his Dallas Cowboys lost last Sunday night. What, what was the score, Brad? Uh, they, they lost. Then again, has, has that team won any games so far this year? A couple? All right. Now, so... Brad likes the Dallas Cowboys. If Brad was in my family, now, first of all, I would want to try to work at converting him. (laughs) Just with the football team side. But before I did any of that, I would start to do some research about the Dallas Cowboys. Go up online. Just say, who's their quarterback? Who does this? Who does that? You know, how many games have they won? How many were close? And so here comes Brad in the door at the Christmas celebration and give him a hug. Hey, it's great to see you. Hey, I've been following some information about your team. I was noticing, you know what, right away, you've got his attention. Why? Because that's his team. Think about the people in your family, the things that they're all involved in. You find something to start a conversation with. <laughs> the man who owns the little Plaza Hotel, Downtown Silvis, uh, Trump Plaza Hotel, Downtown Silvis. you didn 't know he owned property in Sylves <laughs> oh he 's a Hindu. he is such a wonderful man, and when the business association would do things together, part of their tradition, uh, we were doing something for Christmas lights for downtown one time, and everybody was supposed to kick in one hundred dollars. so when I had stopped in to see him. Uh, he had went ahead and written the check out, and it was for $113. And I said to him, I said, Sam, I said, we only needed $100 from you. He said, in our tradition, whenever someone asks you for a certain amount, you always give them more. Now, isn't that interesting? Boy, that led me to open up a conversation with him about the Lord. And I said, wow, you really have a heart of a giver. I said, do you know the Bible says, give and it'll be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over? He said, I've never read the Bible. I said, it's in there. Told him the location, told him the verses and that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to pray that you just have an abundance coming into you. He said, I receive that. I thought, he's already got some of our words down. Look for opportunities. Don't listen to folks tell you that folk, people are closed off to the gospel. Look for an opportunity. This word, look in verse 19 here. He says, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. Now, I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I want you to know it's all right to do prep work also. It's all right for you to make plans and to have a vision to see your family come to Christ. See, the church itself must be about evangelism and discipleship. It has to be something in our hearts all the time. Um, Let's do this. Let's go over to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Philippians, chapter 2. And let's look over at verse 12. Philippians 2 verses 12 through 16, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or in vain. Now, the big temptation is for us to act and think and express ourselves just like the world does. And yet, here we talked a few moments ago about being the light. What was that word that came in the message in tongues and interpretation? Being the light of the gospel into all of our world. Well, our world's dark. Our world doesn't have any hope. Everything they look for is just trying to get ahead just trying to barely make it, trying to find a way to eke out an existence for their family. Well, verse 15 says, a crooked and perverse generation of whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. We're to be different than the world. When you and I come into the room, people ought to be going, oh, thank God they're here. Maybe when you're with family at this Christmas time, Everybody will be together and they'll be with each other. And when you walk in the room, are they looking, saying, Oh, there's a breath of fresh air? Or do you find that when you get around certain people, there's a big temptation. You get around people who are starting to complain. Have you ever been tempted to complain right along with them? Oh, my back has been awful this year. My back has been awful, awful, awful. When I get up in the morning, it's awful. When I sit down at night, it's awful. My back is awful. And you've been around someone and then they go, well, that's nothing. Not only is my back that way, but my feet. My feet don't want to work when I put them over the edge of the bed in the morning. And I dangle them and I look at them and say, hello, start. My feet ache when I walk and they pop and they do all kinds of noises. And then my back starts hurting and then my elbow hurts. Have you ever had an elbow hurt? No, I haven't had an elbow. Oh, somebody else comes along, but I have. I had a tennis elbow. Whenever I heard that, I just always think, what? What tennis? They've been playing tennis too much? And then I found out that wasn't what it was. People will always try to top each other in their pain. It's the strangest thing. Have you ever been around somebody who's tried to top a blessing? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, praise God. The Lord's been blessing us so good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, sister. But you know what? God blessed me double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I not only got blessed double, I think I've been blessed triple. You you don't hear people talk that way. We need to share our good reports. We need to give testimony of who God is and who he is to give his glory to all the earth this word when it starts out there in verse 12 therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed not in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling we're supposed to live it out every day the plan of salvation is not up to you and i to decide on that was put together by god and that's jesus amen <laughs> i had somebody read that one time that uh, wanted to talk about the gospel he was not a believer. He said, You know, there's a verse that says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I said, Yes. He goes, I've decided that my salvation comes from being a good person. I said, Well, you may have decided that, but God already had other plans. What does this mean? How do we work it out? In other words, you put it into your daily life. You don't hide Jesus, you don't just take Jesus out when you come to church. You don't just say praise the Lord when you come to church and the rest of the time you say other things that are not glorifying to God. I mean, we need to be full of the Word. It's funny, isn't it? The crazy things that we would say when we get mad. Now, when I came to Christ, I was very young, and uh, I wanted to make sure that everything I did, I worshipped and glorified God. So in the little neighborhood that we lived in, one of the things we would do is we would make up words. Now I I still do that. But we would make up, and instead of saying darn, instead of saying anything we shouldn't be saying, we would make up words. And each summer we would come up with different words. And so one year our summer buzzword, when we were mad, was the word dooger. I know, isn't it goofy? Thank you, honey. <laughs> Duger. Now, the crazy thing was, downtown There used to be uh, Gary's Music Mart that was downtown there. And as a drummer, I used to get all my drumsticks down there and would go down and sometimes just go ahead and look over new drums and drum sets, this type of thing. And so one day we were down there, a bunch of us rode our bikes down the hill, and uh, we were heading into Gary's Music Mart. And we were laughing about something and I said, oh my, I said, "Duger." And this one lady came around the corner, she said, may I help you? And I said, no, she said, you just called my name. My name is Mrs. Duger." <laughs> uh, I didn't know what to do after that. I said, no, we don't need your help, thank you, ma'am. You know, that word "Duger" sort of flew away for that summer. Sometimes we don't always check our mouth. sometimes. We don't always think about what's coming out of our mouth And I believe with all my heart that God has a word for us and it is a word that is filled with life and power So look at verse 13 again For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure do all things without complaining and disputing well, that's a challenge at times especially when you watch anything on the news that comes with politics or anything that way. You know, the best thing you and I can do anymore is just continuously pray. Pray for whoever's going to be coming into office. Pray that as a nation, we humble ourselves before the Lord and seek him. We need a revival across this land. From east to west, from north to south, we need revival. So tonight, what I would like us to do before we go any further here, I'd just like to ask you to think about your family. Think about people, whether they live on the East Coast, the West, the North, or South of here. Maybe they live in town. But I want you to think about influences and voices and peoples that you know of. And we need to have places that are anchors for God. We need to know that in New York City, there's an anchor for God. There's that man, Bill Wilson, that's out there doing Sunday school on the streets. And they have a truck all set up that they get out there into some of these areas where nobody's going to church. And they just go ahead and put blue tarps out on the road and the sidewalk. They open the back of the truck and they go ahead and do Sunday school on the streets to those kids. Thank God for what's going on in New York City. Same thing that's happening out in Los Angeles. Thank God for what the Lord's doing through uh, the Dream Center that's out there. Thank God for what's going on up in Minneapolis. Thank God for what's going on down in Florida. And thank God for what's happening right here in the Quad Cities. I'd like to ask you to join me right now in prayer. And I'd like us to begin to call out before God for a plan and a vision from the Lord that would touch every part of this country that would bring about revival. And let it begin with us. Maybe you're already fired up about God. Maybe you take him everywhere you go and you talk about him, but don't give up on your loved ones. Don't give up on your spouse or your grandkids. Don't give up on your children or their spouses. Don't give up on any of them. But know that we serve a miracle-working God, amen? Hallelujah. Yeah, but so-and-so is not excited about God. Listen, pray for them to get excited. It's easy to get excited about God. It's not that hard. Well, but they don't get excited about anything. You know what? When God touches your life, you get excited. You get excited excited. Honey, why don't you come on up to the piano and go ahead and close your Bibles and let's just take a moment here. And I'm going to ask you that if God moves on your heart for a city or a state or anything like that, that as we start to go into prayer, that you go ahead and pray it out. Maybe for you, you're praying over Rhode Island You may not know anybody there, but let a spirit of revival be birthed in Rhode Island. However you sense it from God, it doesn't have to just be in the continental United States. It could be any nation that's out there. But let's call out to the Lord and let it start within our hearts. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I ask you to stir up our hearts let revival be birthed inside of us let it be birthed in our church let it be birthed in our community here let the power of god flow through every christian every denomination every pastor every leader let new life flow into those churches and believers and let revival kick in in the name of jesus christ change us lord hallelujah Hallelujah. Now, as God just drops a place or a state, you go ahead and just pray it out. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Revival in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, oh, touch those prisons, open up the hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Revival breaking out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen, Lord. Thank you. Revival. Glory to God throughout Washington, D.C. Father, I hold up Springfield, Illinois to you. Oh, Jesus, send revival through that whole town. Des Moines, Iowa, hold it up in the name of Jesus. Send revival in Jesus' name. Texas Lord to to God send get send revival thank you Jesus yes to thank you Father so get to to Father, people and places are so important to us. We love them. And this land was dedicated to you. Our forefathers and mothers came here wanting to be able to worship you freely. And we refuse to let the enemy take this land. We cover it from coast to coast, border to border, with the blood of Jesus Christ and tonight we hold up every village every city around these Quad Cities Lord we pray over Rapid City and Port Byron over Hampton and East Moline over Silvis Carbon Cliff over Kelowna over Cleveland in the name of Jesus over Geneseo according to the word of God we pray over Moline and Colvat in the name of Jesus Christ, over preemption, over Milan, over Rock Island, hallelujah, hallelujah, over Andalusia, in the name of Jesus, over Orion, cover this community for the glory of God, over Davenport to Bettendorf, over Pleasant Valley, Lord, over LeClaire, in the name of Jesus, over Buffalo, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Over Eldridge, Lord. Over bluegrass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, tonight we are in agreement for a spirit of revival breaking us this land. I ask all week long that you'd stir us up each day. Think about someplace new, someplace that we know of, someplace that we go every day to begin to pray over that neighborhood, over that school, over those neighbors, over our family. We thank you that you give us the words we need by the Spirit when we don't know in the natural what to say. But we thank you, Lord, that we can pray each day and know your plan and purpose pour out your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Step into the world of power, loyalty,